And technology can be such a force for this. So in the fintech world, if we think about financial literacy, about providing better equity, you know, these are the tools that people can have. A friend of mine in the financial industry says, it costs a lot of money to be poor. Poor people have to stand in line to pay their bills, historically. They have to take a taxi, they have to take a bus. And so that takes them away from what, where they could be earning wages or doing other things that are important in their lives. Also, uh, you know, I really enjoyed hearing from uh, Johnson Cook yesterday with uh, Greenlight about talking about financial literacy at an early stage, you know, having those conversations with an eight-year-old, and he made a great point. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe that it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. I'm your host, Jeff Bond, and today I am thrilled to share a chat with Larry Williams, the president and CEO of Technology Association of Georgia. I had this chat alongside our partner, William Smith, at Clear Media Strategies at the FinTech South 2022 Live and in-person conference at the Georgia World Congress Center. This event is a world-class summit with its nexus here in Atlanta, a global financial technology hub that's home to more than 200 fintech companies, with the top 15 fintech companies in Georgia alone generating more than $100 billion in revenues, which is a great responsibility. This event was produced by the Technology Association of Georgia, led by Larry, and we sit down with him to talk about some of the main themes from the event, such as diversity and inclusion, the banking revolution, sustainability, and some of his greatest hopes for the future of the fintech system, as well as just the broader technology ecosystem here in the state of Georgia. All right, let's jump right into this conversation with Larry Williams. Enjoy. All right, we are at the uh, TAG FinTech South Conference 2022 here at the Georgia World Congress Center with Larry Williams. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for thanks for chatting. Uh, well, it's so good to be back in person again and to have this community. And I feel like it's just growing every time and momentum of people getting back out there. Uh, what, what are you enjoying so far about the conference and how is it living up to the, the plans and all that good stuff? Well, one is just the energy. FinTech South 2022. It's just absolutely fascinating to be able to see everybody back in person again. Just the energy. Everybody is collaborating so well. They're, they're eager to learn. They're eager to get together. So many old friendships are being rekindled, and people are just glad to be at back out and in person. We're really delighted with the turnout. So we've always had a, a great attendance at this, both virtually in the last two years, but now people are ready to get back in person, and you can really feel it. You can feel it in the air and people are enjoying it, and they're learning a lot. So great exchange of ideas, and then a great marketplace as well with Innovation Alley. People are out there talking about their products, their services, how they've evolved over the last couple of years, and so great connections are being made. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd be remiss not to say how well TAG did over the last couple of years during hard times of keeping the engagement and the programming going virtually. I thought y'all did a tremendous job of uh, continuing to add value to the community while we were kind of navigating the uncertainty. Well, thanks for recognizing that. We worked very hard at it. We were very intentional, uh, intentional about it from the beginning. And we knew we had to add value and we knew there was going to be a need. And um, so we went virtual fast and we uh, set up some of the best platforms around. Yeah. So since I represent a leadership podcast, I'd be remiss not to ask also how that challenged you in your leadership during the pandemic and just, you know, the getting back in person and, and all that, like, 
you know, how has that, uh, that changed the, the game in terms of your leadership approach these days? Well, it was a challenge that none of us had ever faced. So there was no playbook. And so we all had to figure it out very fast. I've got to commend the team at TAG. They really came together and we set a course and we, you know, made some very, very hard decisions very quickly and the team got on board and it was people understood the direction. They understood the need. They understood the value that we could add. And um, so I set the direction. People got on board. And um, and then I always have to give a shout out to our board of directors who also circled around us as well. And then the broader community. So it was certainly challenging. I came up with this term of the COVID windsock that I get up every morning and I look at the COVID windsock to see which way it's blowing. And sometimes it felt like it was blowing in different directions in the same wind. But that was the type of real-time management that we had to that we had to put on tag into this community during the during the pandemic. Well, well done to you and your team. So now that we are here in person and we're talking about some interesting themes around fintech and this downturn economy and kind of the challenges that we're facing today, but also great opportunity around sustainability, inclusion, access, tech for good. Uh, What's giving you the greatest hope in terms of the conversations you're hearing at the conference? You know, I think it's really the the seriousness that people are taking all of those themes and we've integrated it throughout our conference today. So you hear so even when it's not the term or the title isn't sustainability, you hear people talking about those things in their keynote speeches and and just in the conversation as well. People are taking it. And technology can be such a force for this. So in the fintech world, if we think about financial literacy, about providing better equity. These are the tools that people can have. Everybody has cell phones. A friend of mine in the financial industry says it costs a lot of money to be poor. Poor people have to stand in line to pay their bills historically. They have to take a taxi. They have to take a bus. And so that takes them away from what, where they could be earning wages or doing other things that are important in their lives. And so things that we can do to accelerate that, make it more frictionless that people can pay their bills and do other things um, are absolutely important. Also, you talk about some of the things, uh, you know, I really enjoyed hearing from Johnson Cook yesterday with Greenlight about talking about financial literacy at an early stage, having those conversations with an eight-year-old. And he made a great point. Isn't it better for an eight-year-old to make a $5 mistake than getting you know, out of college and making a $5,000 mistake. And I think that's uh, very important about how we can start thinking about financial literacy as well and where we can start it. Hey, man, I, I couldn't agree more. It's all about generational impact. Uh, believe it or not, we are all mere mortals here. We're all going to have to leave this world in a better place than where we found it, like our grandmothers all taught us, and it's up to our next generation. So I love that these leaders, particularly uh, around financial literacy, which I think is a huge opportunity are taking that seriously right now. That's right. Well, it was interesting, just at one of the panels downstairs, part of that conversation, it was about gaming and the, and the fan experience. But we really got into financial literacy about people who, who are young and all of a sudden become quite wealthy very fast. But again, how do you start to create that generational wealth and that mentality of, okay, I got, I'm, I've got my riches today, but they're not gonna be here forever. So yeah, it was a great conversation. Hey, Larry, I saw that the FinTech Society issued the new FinTech Ecosystem Report. Congratulations on that. What what are some insights from that report? 
when the state of the fintech industry here? Well, it just continues to show the concentration of Georgia really being this epicenter of global financial technology. And uh, we got over 260 companies that are here representing 46,000 employees. And one thing I like to point out is we didn't just declare victory and say, we're going to be the epicenter of fintech. We have been a part of the evolution of this industry, and we've helped it. We've led the innovation. And so, you know, go back to check processing in those days to where we are today. I describe it as we help build the layers of the onion. And so we know, and that what's, that's what keeps us at the forefront, because we know, how to, we know that we have the history, we have the skills, we, ha- we know what the innovation is, and we're also helping prepare for what's next. So what is next with the disruption taking place in fintech and cryptocurrency? Where do you see things going at this point in time? Well, I think there are a couple areas. One is when it comes to fintech and you think about consumer financials, we've made a lot of progress. So this whole idea of being frictionless payments, what we've been doing with our smartphones, now with wearables and other ways, that's going to continue. Really, the, the, the area of great opportunity for us, especially here in Georgia, is the B2B side of it. That's still, you know, B2B, still a lot of checks still being passed around. And so really getting ahead of that. And a lot of our companies are thinking about how do we take this to the business level? Cryptocurrency is going to play a role. And other measures of distributed ledger will play a role in this. Uh, Little known fact is, you know, we talk about 70% of all debit, credit, and reward card transactions are processed right here in Georgia. Well, 80% of commercial cryptocurrency transactions are processed through Georgia. So again, going back to what I said before, we're staying at the forefront of innovation and at the head of the wave. And security is a challenge in this industry. I know TAG plays a leadership role. Tell us about what TAG is doing to keep the fintech environment safe and secure. Well, you know, security is always, well, it's important across all industries, especially in fintech. We want our banking, we want our finances to be safe. So there's a balance of both the um, security access to our, the convenience side of it, as well as the privacy and keeping it private. So what we're doing is really looking at what are some of the policies. So we actually have a sister organization that we helped found called the National Technology Security Coalition, which is a board of uh, CISOs from around the country. Good Georgia companies like NCR and Aflac and Coca-Cola, but think Johnson and Johnson and J.P. Morgan Chase and Microsoft are all a part of this board. And federal advocacy to really think about data breach notification laws and also a harmonization of privacy laws. Our companies can't afford to manage the 50 different standards. We need to be able to manage on a single platform, and that'll keep us all safer. We also need to make sure that we are working with our federal government to make sure that we're working in tandem with the private sector because this global war on uh, cybersecurity is, there's a role for all of us. And so we want to do that. The other part of it, you know, getting down to TAG in Georgia is awareness, making sure that people are aware of what the threats are because it does, it comes down to individuals. That little saying that you always hear, you got to change your passwords, you got to keep them up to date. Don't put, don't keep them on the sticky note underneath your telephone. Those, yeah, I know. So all of these things are very important for us. And um, quite frankly, it uh, helps manage to um, a lot of areas, including infiltration of critical resources. Think about it at, it could start in somebody's home, but it could 
and get to the grid or get to, um, we saw what happened to Colonial Pipeline. All of these things are important. We've all can play a role in this. What are you excited about for the rest of the show? And, and what's your greatest hope as we uh, leave here today that people walk away from with this uh, bit of inspiration? If there was just one thing, what would that be? Well, one is just making valuable connections. That's really what this is, the foundation of it as well. And then, so I can't go with one thing. You got to go with a couple of things. <laughs> there we go. And then also, you know, taking away some of these things that are important to you, some of the uh, social justice and equity, the diversity side is very important for us. And there's so many different facets. There are a lot of a lot of spokes on that wheel. And so I hope people really do understand what technology can do for them, for their community and how it can really be a force for good. Agreed. And I think of all the talent coming out of the AEC and Morehouse. I saw a guy walking around here yesterday was talking about all the wonderful students that are coming out of the Innovation Center. And we're in this great resignation right now. And everybody's worried about having the talent to drive the technology forward. And you need access to that. And uh, purpose is a big part of that. Obviously, fair compensation, being competitive in the marketplace. But as you think about the great resignation and just the, the state of uh, talent right now in technology, uh, what have you been hearing and what are your thoughts about that? Well, the demand is great. And we know that. And we've got to work very hard about how do we get, how do we match the needs of business with the skills that we have? And we also have to think about how do we upskill people and reskill people very quickly. And we have great partnerships with the Technical College System of Georgia and other. Not every technology job needs a four-year degree. We're proud of our four-year degrees, our program. We have some of the best in the country, right? And so, but we also need to think about how we can accelerate some things and get people two-year programs, apprenticeships, the certifications that they need. And our industry is aching for it and they're ready for it. Great thoughts, Larry. If somebody's listening to this and they haven't plugged in the tag before, where would be the best place, uh, place to start online? Please go to tagonline.org. Excellent. Well, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you. Enjoy the conversation. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.